2: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings US Open Recap plus the Travelers Championship picks, bets and one and done the listeners league available down in the description right now 2500 spots let's fill it very quickly We'll keep rolling that back until the Open Championship is on the table, which is about four or five weeks' time. Also a reminder to smash the like button to the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, and subscribe to the newsletter down in the description, which is completely free, which will have all the final information coming out on Wednesday evening. So if you don't do anything all week, just tune to the newsletter, and boom, you'll get all the information that you need. Jeff Feinberg is on the line with me. We did the Cut Sweat Show. That was a lot of fun. None of us hit a winner. That wasn't so much fun. Although, came the Best Bet Show turned out to be the best show of the week in terms of... Actually, not the best show in, eh, for the week in terms of profit. Our show last week did, but not from you and I. I actually had a good Best Bet Show. Uh, rate the U.S. Open out of 10 for me. Eight and a half?
3: Like, really? I don't know. I had... I had... Fought. Like, I... I eight like it wasn't bad like it was what it was i don't know why people were as i never got that upset like i don't know i had a great time uh, sunday excited me of course i don't know minus 10 that's not like crazy considering where the tournament started wasn't a perfect venue but I, i was only angry about the coverage to be honest, but I'm not a lovely day yesterday.
2: We'll dig into the coverage in a minute. I do want to give a shout out to everyone who subscribed, rated and reviewed the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. We almost got to number one in both Canada and the United States. We peaked at number two in Canada, number three in the United States, but we hit number one in Romania, number one in Ireland, number one in Pakistan somehow, but hey, shout out to all the viewers of the Pat Mayo Experience residing in those locations or at least setting their VPNs to download from said locations. Either way, it was a very big week. And there is a winner of the $500. His name is Neil, and he's at BSR, the ATM, on Twitter. So he doesn't even have to go to the ATM. He just opened up his bank account, and boom, the 500 bucks is in there. So thank you very much for helping us out. We'll run it all back for the Open Championship. And I feel like I've put this off too long. There is someone waiting to take a victory lap. And his name is the big game hunter, Tim Andagust. Tim Andercust.
1: That's not my name. You might as well call me MasterCard because I'm over here collecting more credit than you can imagine. Uh,
2: can you say that again? No. You're, you're, you're cutting out on us. I said you might as well call and me I, MasterCard. I, we, we, we really can't hear you.
1: What?
3: Je- he Jeff,
2: Jeff, can you hear him?
3: No, but we were having a perfect conversation before we went on air, and I heard him perfectly.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know did, what's yeah, going on. Jeff's coming, clear, coming through clear. Does that, that help? Uh, Topcat not so much. Hmm. Come on, man. Is there some, Did you, you really? want to plug your microphone in?
1: I just plugged it. I unplugged and plugged it back in just to make sure it was working. All I heard was working. Come on. Is that any better? I, I, I just heard better. All right, so this thing is are, defective.
2: Are you in a tunnel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. P- p- I don't know if you can hear Paul. Uh, he's asking, yeah. like, are, are you in like your normal spot? I, I'm not sure what's going on.
1: Yes, I'm in my normal spot. Everything is perfect over here. Just obviously this microphone I have is defective.
2: Okay, I heard a little bit. Now it sounded like you were really far away
1: from your microphone. Now you should hear everything because I'm unplugged from the microphone. Tim, we're doing a bit. I'm unplugged. What? We're doing a bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow,
3: well, we can't let
2: you just come in here, have the I moment. Should leave. You, 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 it, I should you, leave. you can leave. Hey, do you really? You want to leave right now and not bask in your credit?
1: Well, it seems like instead of allowing me to have the credit <laughs> I deserve, you would rather just steal it from me with this cheap bit. Yeah, It seemed to be working. This is uh, funny. i isn't bu- funny at all. I believe. Uh, just, I, I believe that you. That I, I believe on?
2: you soaked in your credit a lot last night, sir, and you're going to get so much praise on this show. And the commenters down in the comment section are going to say very nice things about you for the first time ever. This is your time. I'm sorry that you can't have a little bit of fun with it.
1: Well, it's just I thought my microphone was defective. That's all. That's <laughs> making <laughs> very annoyed. Can I want you to bleep out that profanity, please. Uh, <laughs> what? What profanity? There was one. When you listen back, Paul will hear it. Paul will bleep it out.
2: When you say "listen back," you think we listen back to these episodes? before well, we Well, Paul them? knows
1: this is this is very early on in the episode, so you or Paul can hear it and bleep do, it out. Do you have the time here for it? No, I don't have the time in front of me. But it was early on in the show, so it shouldn't be.
2: I, I listen to Pat every single day, so like <laughs> all of those words just just go over my head. All right, I know. <laughs> Well, maybe it, was during, uh, maybe, maybe it was during the part when your audio was cutting out.
1: Stop it. It wasn't cutting out. <laughs> Stop it. This is cruel. This is very cruel. It, it, it's, it's all sour grapes from people who thought it was real. Fun. I was going to take the high road here, but now I'm not going to. Now I'm taking the low road. I'm not being, uh, you know, I'm not Denny King anymore. I'm not, t- what was his name? It was the name of the coach from the Vikings and the Cardinals? Dennis Green? Dennis Green? De- Dennis Green. Denny Green. Danny Green, I'm not taking the high road anymore. I'm taking the low road. I got laughed at mercilessly by you two on Monday. And Mm -hmm. it was so bad that it kept being brought up over and over again on shows about how moronic it was to say this was an easy show or that I'd spend my pick on a guy who was like 90 or 100 to 1. And, uh, you know, how was that egg feel frying on your face?
2: Oh, listen, I I am taking an absolute shellacking over this I mean you being put up on the pedestal me and Jeff becoming the laughing stock of everyone for laughing at you you were right we were wrong there's no two ways about that
3: there's no there's no denying it there's no denying it and it wasn't even like I mean at least I know for me personally and I I think clarified quickly I wasn't laughing at Wyndham Clark I was laughing at you making him your gold pick without odds. Like, Yeah, why was... should I
1: pick the guy who's going to win as the guy who's my gold You're the pick? Ma- what a dumb you, idea. You
3: did it. You did it. Dude, this is all you. You can have this any way you want. I'll even remember it as a score of 16 under if you want me to. <laughs> no, can...
1: it wasn't. But you know what? It, just, it felt, you know what, in all <laughs> sincerity, I appreciate the kind words. It's nice to hit one on occasion. Don't ever doubt who the big game hunter is. I just... <laughs> I had a good feel for this. I, think, you know, I, I've had a good sense that this course would line up for a bomber who who puts well. And Wyndham Clark is a bomber who puts well. Incredible. Um, you know, is was this a good course? No. Should Wyndham Clark have been able to hit his second shot on 18? Should Rory have been able to hit his second shot on 17? No. This, this US Open did not punish bad shots. That's why it was a really bad course for this tournament. But given the nature of the tournament, and the way it was. Uh, You know, Wyndham Clark was always going to be there, and I wasn't worried about the Chasers. Rory had to break par on Sunday at the world's easiest US Open track to win, and he didn't have it in him. Ricky pulled a Corey Connors from the PGA Championship and didn't show up on Sunday. And Scheffler, I mean Scheffler, you, you can't. I'm starting to think Scheffler's win at the Masters is a fluke. Okay, the <laughs> I, I, no, winning, no, no, I want losing all but, these other tournaments.
2: I wanted to bring this up because I think we we touched on this a little bit on the Cut Sweat Show. How the only one who gets
1: labeled a choker for not winning is Rory. What about the number one player in the world? <laughs> yeah, he deserves his heat. Now, in the end, it really was Rory who let this slip. He's only going to have so many chances that majors left in his career, and this was a great one, and he didn't win it. <laughs> he like, didn't hit a
3: he missed short putts. He didn't hit a putt of any of any significance. No. And Wyndham made every up and down. And Rory got every break it's, known to man yesterday too. True. Oh yeah, that was crazy in and of itself. Um. So when yeah, I, I, hold on, I, I, have a, I have a question. When when he got the free
2: relief on the par five, that's because it wasn't embedded in the sand trap, right? That
1: was the correct. Road. It was okay. embedded in the grass. Yeah. And there's no distinction in the rule book between any part of the course that isn't a hazard. Okay,
2: that makes sense then. I mean, it's it's
1: stupid. It's the but rule. It's, it's a dumb rule. rule, but it's... No, no, I didn't dispute the rule. Like, it, 100% it was being applied correctly. What? It's just a moronic rule. Okay, what,
2: did, what's a more moronic rule? Rory getting free relief from a ball that is plugged into the ground that he literally can't play, or
1: Scheffler getting a free drop in the woods because there's a cord near him. <laughs> oh, that was outrageous. <laughs> Outrageous. You got Nick Rage. Taylor last week chip standing on top of a sprinkler head to make a chip on the seventy second hole without any issue. And you got Scheffler demanding free relief from a cord. Um yeah, it was again every it was the one thing this US Open did do, and I'll give it its credit, is that it did bring out the true characteristics of the people who were competing in this in this championship, right? Like in the worst way it test it, it asked questions to rory questions to ricky questions to Shuffler, and they all failed the test in their own particular way that they always fail these tests yeah ricky um, bo- rory bogies a par five Bogies a par five doesn't birdie where he needs to he made a birdie on one and then made like 16 straight pars or something or 14 straight pars but like he burned he 14 this, that... straight edges he did this at St. Andrews too. Well, he had it, bad strategy, and it, 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 once again, on. was not
2: effective. In fairness, he bogeys the—I I, I wasn't the easiest par five, but it's a par five. You, if you're fifteen, if you're making par everywhere, if he makes the opening birdie and pars every hole, he's in the playoff. That's correct. But he couldn't do it. No, fair enough. And it's not, but I thought it was a lot different. I mean, the result ended up being the same as what it was at St. Andrews. The problem was, like, he was actually giving himself real looks to make birdie, and he was just missing it by an inch. At St. Andrews, he was putting the ball to, like, 80 feet and two putting. Now, that happened a few times, but it's a U.S. Open. You don't expect, like, Cam Smith at the Open Championship, with the winning score being minus 20 or whatever it was, like, someone was going to go shoot a score. You had to continuously make birdies. On Sunday, it didn't really feel that way. It felt like one under. I mean, one under would have been good enough to get you into a playoff. But, like, the par strategy was good. And he probably left, fuck, eight birdie putts on the table that were, like, entirely makeable?
1: I thought he should have taken a rip at the green on the par five, and he didn't. Uh, He could have
3: shot a 67 yesterday. He he could have, but again... You know, he missed the three three and a half footer. He missed a three and a half footer on eight. He missed like a couple eight foot. The only putt he made was a par saver of like seven feet on 17. That was the only putt he made all day. And Wyndham making Wyndham playing that two hole stretch at one over where he was in shit in both holes was. Just absolutely incredible. He it incredible. happened
1: to him Saturday and Sunday. He got into two stretches where he got bogeys, and you thought, "Oh boy, here we go. The wheels are coming off." And he just steadied the buffs and made fantastic chips and pots.
2: The chipping, the chipping, the chipping was incredible. And the fact that I, he missed two down the stretch, but prior to those two, he had missed. He was ninety-eight percent inside ten feet for the week. Like, yeah. It was a very Gary Woodland
1: at Pebble performance. Everything that could have went right went right for him. And if you, as you heard five thousand times on the broadcast, <laughs> faders win the U.S. Open, and only buyer out here hitting fades is uh, is, is Wyndham Clark.
2: I also enjoyed that Azinger tried to play up his. I think it was, I forget. It. Yeah, it was seventeen. His chip on seventeen as being this like immensely difficult shot. Although he was very clearly like sitting up in the very short rough, but the entire day. Everyone who came to 17, Azinger suggested putting it where Wyndham Clark put it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. All he had to do was literally chip the ball and then get it on, like not a difficult chip, and get it on the line that everyone had the perfect easy line for all day. So you're absolutely right. That was, I don't know. I didn't even hear that because honestly the weekend coverage I wasn't even, like, listening with volume, and that's not even me normally, but I was doing, like, had family events, and, you know, it was on the whole time, and I was watching it, but I didn't hear any of his dumb shit, but I was already fed up with the broadcast by Friday, I promise you. Well,
2: you're a pretty neutral observer when it comes to the broadcast, Tim. You're not, like, on Twitter complaining about everything all the time, like, 95% of us. No. Did you find it was really, like, Azinger was bad?
1: Yes, But Azinger is bad and has been bad for a long time. And I guess I tweeted this out that, like, I think CBS does a bad job on its golf coverage, but I think Immelman is a a fantastic uh, commentator. And not having him in the saddle on this weekend really made a difference. I think Dan Hicks is fine. I think Brad Faxon is fine. I think the guys they have on the course are more or less okay. Uh, I even think, as much as I tease Nota Begay, I think he's a fine on-the-course commenter. Uh, But... And I didn't hate the coverage I could have done without seeing every single Scotty Scheffler shot when Dustin was doing exactly the same score and they showed like two of his shots and they had to show me every shot that Scotty was missing. And that was a bit frustrating, but whatever. They got their biases. Uh, but you no, know, it wasn't great coverage, but it wasn't bad coverage. But Azinger is terrible. And that that's the frustrating part. That like, If we you
3: have are clued in, in the slightest. If you're clued in, in the slightest. The coverage sucks. The coverage sucks. There's no other sport on planet Earth that's just literally telling you to be a casual because we can't accommodate your hardcore needs. Even the maybe the CFL, maybe the (laughs) CFL. And I hear they get scores, they're getting scores wrong on their website that they redid. And I'm not even paying attention to that. There's a few people on my feed. So, like, we're a step above the CFL as golf fans. Yeah, but if I mean you're
1: producing that. the U.S. Open broadcast, you are producing it for the lowest common denominator. I if you did i fire you.
3: I agree, but at least this in the sports, there's like, I don't know, everything else is up to date. And I know golf is a harder, bigger animal, but I just mean no other professional league says, whoa, if you proceed past this po- point of being a fan, like proceed with caution because we honestly cannot accommodate you. Well, what are you him I, on the bones?
1: What is something that they missed this week? Okay, the well, shots I'll, are
3: like 14 minutes behind him And sure, I'm talking about good sure. players. If you are paying attention, if you are aware in the slightest, I'm telling you, the broadcast is so much worse. So much worse. If you're like naked to it, and it's fun when there's literally only like three guys who can win left, that's fun. And there's no, like, I don't really care. And everyone's in the clubhouse for your lineups. And I'm not like into anything else. I can be like three minutes behind. I do not care really. Like, at that point, it's all kind of over. And we're going to watch. But you don't it. need
1: to look at your app. Like, if you're not going to change, like, your bets are made, and you're in. You don't need to look at it. Just watch the program. But they don't
3: tell you. But I'm trying to look at guys that there will never show. And by doing that i'm see still like my eyes are still on a screen so i see okay. what the other players I see are i have doing. great
1: i have great empathy for you because i don't know no, and i never what like, you I want. get
3: like i'm not even here about dfs or betting guy i'm just saying if you are interested in the slightest if you have a interest above a casual interest golf as a sport can honestly not accommodate its fans it, it's, they just can't, it, and I get that it's hard, and I'm not—I don't even have the suggestion for them. Although Pat's come up with a hundred of them, uh, I—I I, I don't—I think- don't have
2: a suggestion for them, but I did feel very noticeable at the U.S. Open, even versus the players. I mean, the players is an entirely different beast with the way they cover it. It's the best coverage, realistically, that or the Masters, because they have the app that can go hand-in-hand with what you're doing. But even to compare the PGA Championship versus the U.S. Open in terms of coverage, at least at the PGA Championship, if I wanted to go to the digital side and start streaming something like, hey, here are all the par threes in a feed that I can stream in real time. Right. Here's the featured hole that I can stream in real time. Here are two groups plus another two groups if that's really what you're caring about so the expanded coverage of the featured groups is really nice all we got for this one was two featured groups which were just the guys that they were showing on the broadcast were was taking from that feed and they had the featured holes group
3: which was two holes that was it every sport on earth like literally they want to cater to everybody everybody obviously broadcasts are not Like, in a sense, even NFL broadcasts, you could argue, aren't for people that care as much as us, Tim, or the people who are watching. But they don't literally, like, they're literally there to service even the most fever pitch fans in some format from a league sanctioned thing. And golf, they literally say, like, no, like, do not like us too much. Because if you like us too much, you're going to be angry because we can't service you. Can we talk scream- about Wyndham Clark some more.
2: Yeah, yeah uh, let's no, no. We'll we'll circle back you. to
1: Wyndham Clark. Sure. Well, let's, let's let's circle
3: let's circle back to Wyndham Clark. And I we want, want to... I was going oh, to I, ahead because, ahead because I have theme. questions oh. on that. Yeah, please, I, yeah,
2: I I I have my question. And it pertains to the curse, because you told us that the curse is over. But we've been through this before. Long Anyone who says that the curse is over has not been watching the show long enough, because I've seen you go on heaters before. This has happened. So I'm actually kind of curious to see who you pick this week, or something in a different sport, because you might be nailing that one too. But it all just comes back around. Um, as I did point out, you said that I was giving you a hard time on the show last week, which is absolutely true. But I did point out that... There are certain occasions, once a year, once every three years, whatever it might be, that you are so correct about something, and it's usually an off-the-beaten-path take, and everything comes full circle, and you were correct. Now, you didn't get to the winning score of minus 16, but I will give you credit that you were the one who was saying that was going to play pretty easy, and it did play pretty easy, and you picked the winner. Everything went right for you, although there was a chance where it could have flipped, and the three guys that you said had no chance finished one, two, three on the leaderboard, but you were right. I, I would... Those guys very
1: sensitive of the fact that three guys I wrote off were in second, third and fourth behind my guy as the course got a little tougher. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to go very well (laughs) or I'm going to be proven correct. And it just happened that all of their tragic flaws all came to Shuffler's, you know, profound inconsistency at playing golf. Got him Rory's lack of a killer instinct and poor, poor Ricky just didn't have the sauce. But Wyndham, let's talk about him, because if you told me in, in 18 months' time we talk about Wyndham Clark the way we talk about Scotty Scheffler now, <laughs> oh, would you be you surprised? Because really? remember, 18 months ago, we talked about Scotty Scheffler, and he's like, he's a good player. Uh, he No one ever thought he was going to be a star golfer to where he'd be the number one golfer in the world. I don't think anybody read or saw that. Now, you look at the skill set that Wyndham Clark has. He drives the ball farther. He's an excellent putter. He needs some work, perhaps, on his, in his, on his uh, iron game. But, like... You look at how the modern game sets up and the skill set that Clark has and his youth, and now he's broken through with two wins in you know, six weeks or whatever, particularly one being a major. Like, isn't the sky the limit for this kid?
3: Premier win. Like, I, two wins. He's second to Rahman Player of the Year right now. He... There aren't many Rider Cup, cup is spots stamped. available. Ryder, he just Ryder Cup is Ricky's. done. Yeah,
2: he's on the team now because of yeah. points. He took
3: Ricky's. Now, Ricky needs an injury, and he needs to keep up his consistent play just for him to get a captain's pick good vibe. Or JT has to literally fall off the plan, but that's not impossible. Um, so that's, I guess, it was a double-barreled day, dead day for Ricky. Um, you want to make this about Wyndham? And that's fair. I want to make it about you, though.
1: Is that
2: well, okay? we could do that absolutely. Well, can Look. you can, can you walk us through the? We get to the turn. I forget what Clark is up by at the turn. Is it two that he's up by? No, one. He's up by one on Rory at that point at we're the turn. Pretty sure. So you must have been it stressed. Out. It was almost
3: three. It was almost. Yeah, but it wasn't. He, but
2: it he wasn't. He did but it get was. to three at one point. He it, did get yeah, twelve that, and nine. That, that was on the back, though. I'm saying at the turn. Walk us through your final. Fuck these long. These rounds were really long. Final. Three hours Very of the low. day,
1: <laughs> I'm like, okay. Every Friday and Saturday and also Sunday, Clark played really good golf on the front nine holes that he played, and then he really began to to struggle as as the as he came in. So it's like, okay, well, he got that that putt on when he made that birdie on one. I was like, he played okay. the
3: back nine four under for. Let the Let him week tell
1: a story. Sunday. I know, but he was he he had like he had so many so many more birdies on the on the front nine, right? So he gets to the back and it's like, okay. Here we go. And then it wasn't when there was that birdie bogey opportunity that didn't happen, where uh, they had them on the double screens at the same time. The key moment to me was when Rory didn't make his putt for birdie, and uh, and Wyndham did make his putt uh, for par to, to get in. I was like, okay. So I'm feeling confident, but not overly confident, because like you know, anything can happen. And I, you know, Clark has never been in this moment at all in his life. One of the reasons that you mocked me for saying Homer wasn't the face of this tournament, but I liked Wyndham Clark, was that Clark had never done anything in a major. And then he gets up three, and he gives one away, and then he gives another away, and then I'm starting to, I'm sitting over here typing in videos to try to soothe. I'm, I'm actually watching videos of Adam Scott at Royal Lytham giving away a british open doing exactly what i was afraid that he was going to do here i thought oh my god this is going to be an ernie l situation that he's going to have this big lead and give it all away with bogeys down the stretch and it wasn't until rory hit that drive on the par five it was such a dumb way to attack that par five he didn't think through at all what he was trying to do and was when he hits that drive into the rough i'm like okay this is it. This is the moment that Rory has miscalculated. And instead of trying to hit a uh, hit the lumber out of that uh, that rough, where I think he could have probably got it closer on, he hit a layup to a number that he obviously didn't didn't want. Hit a bad wedge, and as soon as he made the bogey there, I was like, I'm got a ninety percent chance here. Like it's gonna. Wyndham's won this. The only way he loses it is if he loses it for himself. Rory doesn't have it in him today to win this thing, and. Yeah, when he hit that banana on 18, uh, my heart just about stopped there for a second. Because uh, I was like, Rory just got the break on the par 5, and he got the break on his ridiculous shot into the Augusta. His shot on 17 looked like he shot at number 10 at Augusta, pretty much. Except, you know, he was allowed to hit it from there. Because Bryson had. Because, of course, Bryson <laughs> had played that hole that way this week. I and mean, Of course he had. It was like, it was when he hit that, when that ball on that super... Uh, slice landed in the fairway in 18 i was like this is over that he has passed the last test now it felt hold on hold grand, on uh, you, you,
2: you yeah, said right. you said that after the slice ended up on the fairway that it was over everyone found it kind of peculiar that you didn't call the event over
1: at any point in, in- no, in either in neither direction I yeah. didn't give any ovas to Fowler when he was up two. I didn't no you, you didn't but but you I do decided it but but, to but, be but, but but
2: you do it at every other tournament now when you have a guy in the mix all of a sudden I guess the curse exists and you don't want to put it into play
1: I just decided to keep doing what I was doing like I hadn't gone out and laid any anything out about who's gonna win I was just gonna let the course and the tournament sort of to roll itself out and uh I was pretty excited about it. So you believe in that? You're no, a believer. I just didn't as see the, a need as b- to. I, as I, the I graphics suggests, you are a
2: believer. But um, Didn't see a need. Didn't see a need. You're like And Tim. You're like Peter
3: Torque. Torque? Okay. Peter
1: L Torque, yes.
3: You know, Wyndham was great on the back nine all week. They showed the status. They guys made the turn four under. He made some
1: huge par putts to save oh, his yeah. bacon on that back nine, both on Saturday and Sunday, uh, where he hit some sort of squirrely wedge shots that that he saved himself with. When I say so, wedge shots, I mean like the full.
2: I, oh, the, the, the worst Azinger sin that he committed the entire day was telling us how this shot is impossible on every shot and then everyone putting it to two feet.
1: Well, because Azinger hasn't done any research, <laughs> like he knew that he, that Fowler and uh, Wyndham had the same putter, <laughs> and you heard it seven times during the broadcast.
3: That was more Dan Hicks, but yeah. Oh,
1: because Dan Hicks knows what notes he's. That, but that I his would tell has you.
3: People on Twitter complained about it more than the broadcast said it, and you got to, for context, that's a lot. Um, but Tim, again, back to you. Is this a, like, I don't mean to, I'm not a very religious guy, so I don't know if this is insulting, but is this like a uh, potential, um, like, before Christ, after Christ moment in your timeline, like, before Wyndham, after Wyndham? I don't know, but that's a good
1: question. I I wonder if it's my biggest call ever. I mean, I think it's my biggest call. I don't know whether the perfect Survivor season was more impressive because I had to do that 17 straight weeks. But it's on that level. It's like it's it's on that level, right? And like people, of course, the most obnoxious people tweet at you. Show me your ticket. Show me your ticket first. That's an inconsequential question, (laughs) like whether a person puts one penny or five hundred thousand dollars on a bet has zero impact on the one bet they're giving out. Secondly, you don't know me very well. (laughs) The credit that I have gotten and I'm going to get. And the amount of time I am going to be able to live large on this. Money comes and money goes. Today it's here, tomorrow it's gone. This isn't. This is the sort of thing that leaves an indelible mark on you that will allow me to play that card forever, just about. Like, it's extremely gratifying. Uh, Most people have been, of course, nothing but graceful, and I thank you people for your credit. Is it deserved? Yes. But, like, (laughs) at the same time... Uh, thank you for being kind. Be, being kind about it. These are the same people that go attack me when I get something wrong. So it was very nice of them to to be pleasant when I was right. And, and Tim, uh, well, uh, well yeah. Paul, do you do you have the other graphic ready?
2: Is that? You've been mixing it in. Oh, you've been mixing it in. I don't know if Tim noticed it or not. I've
1: been noticing it. The under curse believer graphic. There are many people saying that the, not only is the curse gone, but that b- this win alone will cause them to vote for Jeff next year. That's enough reason. I, I don't because understand the campaign. I don't understand. How only the- needs to be look look how Jeff reacted to the idea of Wyndham Clark winning the U.S. Open compared to I, Tim's looking was, at it.
3: It was Wyndham Clark as a gold pick without like pretty good in when in he wins. I, 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 you're you're right. right.
2: I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I wasn't laughing. I was laughing. I thought it was ridiculous, and here we
3: are. Me with egg on my face and a great call. Would you have laughed if Wyndham was a bronze or silver pick? No,
2: because Tim usually takes, like, one of the live guys as his gold pick and then two long shots, and that's usually how the structure goes. And, hey, maybe that's what it took. You just had to
3: switch it up a little bit, and it worked. I give Tim all the credit in the world. I just – and I was laughing at Tim. I'll make that clear. I was laughing at Tim, and I was wrong. I was not laughing at Wyndham Clark. Like, it was more like – Gold pick, like, guy doesn't even consider Jesus odds as a factor. Christ, Jeff. Wyndham Clark's not going to date you, pal. No, but more important questions. Tim, were you even able to sleep last night? Like, you must have it been on. It took me
1: a while. I was wired for and quite a while. How did you while.
3: reward yourself?
1: Oats? Well, I made some overnight oats. I made overnight oats, which were delicious, by the way. Uh, I will be going out for lunch, uh, you know, when, when, uh, to zip through the drive through. So you know the the cashier at the box at McDonald's better get ready for a big toothy grin of me smiling when I order my uh, my, my my chicken wrap, the healthy one, not the the burger or whatever. And uh, I'm feeling good. Oh my I, I god! I couldn't sleep. It took me probably to about two thirty in the morning to go to sleep.
2: Do you know what's trending on Twitter right now? No. Your fave,
1: Batman returns. Everything's coming up you today. Oh my god. <laughs> This is why Jeff said last night he should make a bet on the Jets to win the Super Bowl. It could just be my year. They're 18 to 1. Probably going to happen. Probably going to happen. It's just maybe everything is mine. Now, I will say when it comes to Clark, I started thinking about him the day after the cut at the PGA Championship because he was a very, very, very popular play at the PGA Championship. and He fizzled out. I was like, this is exactly the type of player I'd be interested in the next major as a bounce back because people saw something. In Wyndham Clark, smart people that just didn't come together this week, and I wonder if th- that it might be a good strategy this week coming.
2: Were you impressed with the people that tailed you on Wyndham Clark and won a
1: boatload of money? Absolutely, I-, I am so happy for you, people. Congratulations! I'm ha- I'm delighted that you were able to make pro- you were able to profit from from this. Again, a call that I will be able to pull out of my arsenal as a response to a claim. Oh, you took a 16 Moneyline Parlay? You don't know what you're doing. Oh, yeah? Did you pick William Clark to win the U.S. Open at 100-to-1? I didn't think so. <laughs> Sit down. I'm giving lessons for free over here.
3: Next time you, you, you tease through through zero to get to, like, one and a half points, you throw this right back in that asshole's face.
1: Exactly. You you, know, you think you're really good at capping sporting events? I called it 100-to-1 winner of the U.S. Open outright. So how right. How about you just sit and down and the other pout? people
3: that picked Wyndham? Like, I mean, this, like, so many people had him. Great calls. Yeah, I saw that. I saw Axis
2: had him. I saw a few people. I saw Noonan had yeah, him. No. But the thing is, do you think they're mad at Cuss because Cuss has
3: sucked all of the air out of the room on Wyndham Clark and they don't get any credit? No, but to my point, they don't deserve it like Cuss does. I will only say that because they also had like Scotty Scheffler or John rom or. Victor Hovland, or like two other really good players in front of Wyndham Clark. Tim did not. No. Tim didn't have a soul in front of Wyndham Clark on his to win the US Open list.
1: And I didn't flinch all week. No.
3: Nor should you. And that's why we love you. And I would say this is probably better. People want to, what did Tim win on Wyndham Clark? I'll tell you right now, he won more than he won for that goddamn survivor. Fucking cuss! I mean, uh, Paul owes him a a, a, pallet a plot. of a, a plot of
1: DCs, whatever you call the. This is my Super Danny Box. Willett moment. This is my Danny Willett moment. You're, you're actually right.
2: In. This is your Danny Willett moment, and I'm very happy, both for you as your friend. Because I believe we were talking about this on the golf course the other day, that you and I have sort of the same philosophy when it comes to trying to win at golf when we're playing our friends. I don't wish anyone to play very poorly against me so I can win. I want to go out and win. I want them to play well. I want me to play well. I want me to play better. That's the end of it. I don't want to see them shoot 110 or something like that when they normally shoot 85. So I am happy for you that you actually
1: nailed this. And I can sense that deep appreciation. That makes me all the more happy.
3: I played my best front nine of my life with my buddy who's way better than me. I'd never beaten him by this much of a margin on nine holes. He played so bad. He didn't even see my shots. (laughs) 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 So I agree. You know, you just want to play great. You don't want your buddy to play like horribly. That's the worst. And he's golf sad. And he's not even in a good enough mood to like. do you think tim this is
2: all a part of your new positive outlook because last year as we documented with me you and our other friend who's a part of our playing group at our course you you were getting really golf sad you were hard to play with at times Mm -hmm. because of how sad Mm -hmm. and angry you were now this year on the golf course you are playing a little bit better but it's very similar the game's coming around the last two weeks or so i'll give you that but you haven't been sad Oh, you yeah, it's, all, it's all, good vibes. Hey, all good vibes
1: out on the course. I think this translated. I, I, you know what? I'd like to believe that that's true. <laughs> it's all good vibes. I now have a new person that has become one of my guys in terms of golf for the rest of my life. Hmm? Uh, you know, I am now a Wyndham Clark stan. It's in my yeah. Twitter bio. <laughs> uh, I am here permanently with Wyndham Clark uh he can win any tournament that he's in. I wish I didn't have i wish I had him again for one and done this week. I think he's totally live at this one and done you i freaking mean freaking animal Tim. Uh, yeah I you, think you, now you, with my second win I may have wrapped up a one and done unless one of you all hit the British over. Open.
2: no no because the the majors are actually worth less than the elevated events in terms of money
1: I thought the u s open was the highest pot
2: I think it That's used to be players still isn't it I, I think it's now the players i mean i they have it listed here as th- uh, three uh three and a half mil yeah, three and a half mils, five million to win an elevated event. So if I win this week, I'll yeah.
1: pass you again. <laughs> well, you um, know what? So be it.
2: Because uh, both Rom and Scotty—I mean, Rom battled himself
3: back for me, and Scotty had a good week for Jeff. Tim, I'm yeah. This is your. I would even argue like Denny Willett is almost like a band's like first great song. It gets people buy them, makes a music <laughs> video, puts them on the map. This is almost like the John Lennon's Imagine, bro.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: Well, I'd buy that analogy, except for that's not a very good song.
0: I don't
3: know. I'm just saying, like, but I know what like, you're saying. I don't. I don't know music. I'm well, sure what's, what's, I like what's,
1: music. What's Dave Matthews' biggest hit?
3: Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I've listened in like 15 years. What you don't you don't
2: you don't travel around North America with the same other like 30 losers?
3: <laughs> no, I met a no, lot of buddies right. in, this... in Chicago for Crunchy Tunes Fish a couple weeks ago or last week.
1: Whatever. But, you know, I'm
3: not. I don't go to music. I, I take
1: your analogy. You're right. The Danny Willett was like a, a, a palate cleanser for people to get ready for this type of. I mean, sure. If I can help contribute to the mystique of this show by giving a hundred to one as my favorite <laughs> bet and never faltering on him at the U.S. Open, uh, I am very happy to have done so.
3: And the margin, right? Like Ricky or Rory win and a winning score of eight or nine, essentially flips it all. And we're oh, on yeah. the precipice of. Of all of this, do you feel emboldened to plan any flags today? Like that's sort of what the people want to know. Like are you ready to plan a flag for something in this moment?
1: I mean, I I feel even more confident than I did 3 months ago that I'm going to be watching my team win the Super Bowl.
2: As our friend pointed out, if you had just bet on Wyndham Clark,
1: you could have paid for that trip to
2: the Super Bowl.
1: Well, maybe, you know what, that's right. But you almost wonder the way karma works. If I put a big bet on Wyndham Clark, what would have happened? That's true. And Just bet. like
2: just like if you had called it over at any point for him, what would have happened?
1: Well, but what I got paid out on, and in continuing to get paid out on, is far dearer to me than any sort of cash, which can yeah. be spent in an instant.
3: Him, I said on a tweet last night that someone said him going to be unbearable now. I'm like, yeah, when you're arguing with him, about how his $8 frozen mozzarella sticks contribution to a potluck everyone put effort into, he's going to be like, you have no right to criticize me. I called Wyndham Clark. Yeah, you you had
1: the same reaction to my pick of Wyndham Clark as you did to the mozzarella sticks. So, like, who seems to be offside now, pal? I'll tell you who isn't. Guy who hit a 100-to-1 long shot doing the U.S. <laughs> Open. And the thing is, the difference between this one and, like, the Danny Willett one for you guys is that, like, the community was with you guys. Everybody was cheering for you guys. <laughs> I had to deal with Ricky Stans and Rory Stans and the weirdos that bet Scheffler at Majors that he's never going to win. Like, I had to deal with all this stuff. Like, I felt like I was the... luck. Lo- I don't want to say it again because Jeff tells me I say it four or five times a year, but I really felt like you know who out in the wilderness <laughs> screaming, say it, let's go. You win said them. it on
3: Friday. You got to hold it now and have I
1: felt like John the Baptist this week, once again screaming, uh, you know, make straight the path because everyone like Ricky and Rory are probably two of the most, if not the most popular golfers on tour. And, you know, you had a lot of people with money on Scotty Scheffler. So. It was a it was a week where it was sort of like me against the world. It was like three hundred, except this time my army won.
3: I'll tell you, on Saturday night, the Scheffler betters were talking like they're the smartest
1: people. Well, on Earth the thing is, people is talk about Scheffler like he's Tiger Woods in the year two thousand, and like I guess they just need to keep losing money until they learn that that's not true. He's a marvelous player. He's not a transcendent player.
3: I don't think people bet him a lot, though. People like, talk about him
1: at, at every tournament, like, "Oh, if he could just do this, he'll win by 20 I mean, strokes." Yeah, so if, well, he, if he could he's just. Not you know, that's enough.
2: true. It, it's funny he's not though. Good enough. It, it's funny because he closed at seven to one or six and a half to one to win this tournament. Although going into Sunday, what was he? Three strokes back, Jeff? Yeah, four. I was four. He was four and a half to one or four to one. Like that was a better bet than betting him pre-tournament. It didn't win, so so it was a bad bet, but in terms of, like, value, oh, he just needs to come back a three on three guys? That's probably better odds, like, overall and probability than just outright beating
3: 156 from the beginning. I always say this, and you can't, like, call the shot, and I didn't bet either of them, but, yeah, you see that often. Like, that ultra-favorite, three or four back, a little, like, three back, half the number on Sunday, the pro bettors will yell at me because I don't consider every... Ten cent point, as important as they do, but, yeah, but they're um, not hitting hundred to
2: ones like Tim andercast is. They're trying to. G- yeah, no. Rob, I, I Rob, agreed with Rob, that. Robbie on Scheffler. Rob, Rob Pizola is out here trying to grind two cents on an NHL line when he could just bet on Wyndham Clark and win all the money. Seems pretty easy. There you have it.
1: Pizola I mean, might if have I been leave on Wyndham
3: Clark. He's a pretty sharp guy.
1: Don't worry about being too clever. My advice to people is don't worry about being too clever by half and looking for all the extra points of value. When it comes down to just ask yourself the question, who do I think is actually going to win? And like, stick with it. I think if you take that approach, you're going to succeed in the long run. I am
2: am taking that approach this week at the Travelers Championship, by the way. I've identified a few guys, most of them long shots, that I'm just like, I I think these guys are going to break through, so I am betting on them i'm prepared to lose to a
3: lot of money this week because i feel good about way too many guys but this is a big like kick in the nuts and it's a fair pivot because you got to find reasons almost when we do this each week pat like give me the reason not to bet the guy and for Wyndham, in many ways like max is like i don't know he's never contended in the major i like to see them like taste it and fail before getting it and uh you know boom None of that for for Wyndham, certainly.
2: Well, can you keep the heater going, I guess, is the question, Tim. Do you have a one-and-done selection for the Travelers' Championship?
1: Yeah, I like Harris English.
2: Oh, okay. I've bet on Harris English already, so that's great news.
1: He's won this tournament before. He played well at LACC. He goes from one easy golf course to another easy golf course. (laughs) You know, I think this is what the smallest course on tour other than Pebble. Like, it's it's not a challenging track, uh, you know. The winner is going to, I think, it's going to play a lot like last week. I remember we we talked about it on Friday. You said that the people who play well at the U.S. Open happen, who are like standout weirdos, tend to thrive the next week at Heritage. So Harris English sort of fits that mold. How Tong Lee's in the field this week? Oh no, that's the well, Open Championship. Sorry, he'll be at that. He'll be at the range until 10 p.m. Then.
2: Sorry, uh, that would that that is incorrect. He is 151 to win the Open Championship. Oh this year do you have any as a big game, as your renewed status as a big game hunter and the, i think the last hot streak you went on like this is when you started calling yourself the big game hunter because you had a wgc and mm-hmm. the players in the span of a month with dj and rory and then now it's been five years but now you're
1: back so do you have any final parting words i was right <laughs> despite it all despite all the, the laughter and the mocking uh, and, you know, you do admit you did give the one redeeming claim about every once in a while I hit a winner and this could have been the week. It was so gratifying to know I had a little bit of magic left that I that I could still pick uh, a big game, uh, uh, you know, pick this out. It's just thank you to all the people for the kind words. The The credit is very much appreciated. I, I'm i soaking it in. I Who knows when it's going to come around again? You people have made it extra special for me with the, the, the with the almost predominantly kind, positive vibes. Uh, you know the positive vibes you give to me, I send right back out to you, and I wish you all the best in the, in those endeavors. But I'm um, looking forward to being able to relax this weekend. Like I I was pacing the last few holes, and like I don't need that. So that's a, that's a lot of stress. I'm going to relax. Uh, you know, look forward to Valderrama next week, and then the <laughs> British Open in a couple more weeks' time. And uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. It was a lot of fun. thank you for having me on to take a victory lap. It was very kind of you. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, follow your heart, and uh, that, that's where the picks come from. Do you, you feel, know when the heart and the head meet together, where you go?
2: Do you feel like you've handled this with more grace than that awful Tommy Fleetwood, according to you? Well, oh.
1: again, you know, you miss a putt for sixty-two when it doesn't matter because you're not going to win the tournament anyway. The score is never getting there. You know, you hit the the second time in your career. You shot 63 in the final round of the U.S. Open. Um, And your response is, oh, I'm feeling terrible because I missed that putt. Again, just a lack of understanding the moment you're in and the history you've made. And that's just it's just not a mature reaction. It's profoundly disappointing. Uh, No lessons have been learned. I I,
2: I, I would say, as we were talking about a little bit pre-show, is that it's so on brand for anyone who plays golf. But just like, of course i miss that. Like, you see the 63. Yeah, 3 no matter what you shoot, I mean, especially if you are a very competitive person, no matter what you shoot, all you remember are the three or four strokes. You're just like, I should have had those ones. Like, those were
1: easy ones. I should have had those ones. Like, that could have yeah, been Yeah, they asked him this question minutes after that missed putt. Right after he misses, where, yeah. Where, right after he misses where the putt. He is, he's
2: probably like, fuck. And
1: that putt wasn't <laughs> going to win. Like, his number with that putt was never getting in. Like, he was never winning with that score. So, like... You just gracefully say it is such an honor to have been able to play my best golf in these biggest moments. Gee, I miss. I wish I'd made that pup, but you know what? A fantastic round it was, and it's a really great moment. And I learned a lot. That's the classy professional way to respond, not to shrug off in what seemed like a contrived way. Oh, gee, I, I'm feeling Can terrible. Can I make really this much-
3: about you again for just one more moment? Fine. Like, stop. We don't need to make it about other people, especially. I don't need you throwing stones at Tommy. Do you think we should get you a medal and you should wear it on U.S. Open Sundays? Like, yes. I think you it. Yes, I one. do.
1: Yes, yes, I want. The, I mean, every single U.S. Open Sunday for the next at least ten years. If if you you know winning the U.S. Open gets you ten free round, ten free appearances in the U.S. Open as a champion for free, I should get to play that medal card claim. Uh, For the next 10 years, I should get to retweet out the wyndham clark Windy City tweet for 10 more years and get credit for that, the same way that, like, Justin Rose has for the last 10 years.
3: You should show up at Father's Day dinner wearing your medal for the next decade. I (sighs) I should. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um,
2: Last question for me. Is this the first time you've ever
1: actually got to send one of your drafted tweets? It might be. It might be. (laughs) That thing got drafted on Thursday. And it was sitting in the draft since Thursday. And other ones came in and went out as I and I decided that was actually the one I wanted to go with. It might have been the first time I was able to tweet out a drafted tweet, and it felt really damn good.
2: Now, now that you're on a heater, I think the people want to know, we've done this a few times. Can you give us one of your drafted tweets right now?
1: All right, fine. I'll give one. Okay. One tweet out. Let me pull it up. The
2: first one. What's the next one?
1: Okay. Soft in January, soft in September. Buffalo proves once again it's not fit for prime time. (laughs) Hashtag Monday Night Football, hashtag Jets. (laughs) I'm already ready for that week one. Can't wait. Can't wait for uh, that soft Buffalo team to come into, into Gotham City and learn what real football is all about oh that's amazing
2: all right well congratulations to you congratulations on everyone Thank who you. tailed tim and the laughter is going to come in for jeff and i but we're big boys we can handle that so congratulations to tim congratulations to everyone uh we'll move on and start talking about the travelers championship to try to get some winners after we say goodbye to the big game hunter himself and our cursed believer tim and tim and August. And yes, that is still his name. Although we can call him the big game hunter, at least for a little while. At least now he has a legitimate winner, Jeff, and he doesn't have to pretend like Hideki won the players anymore.
3: I'm so happy for him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if by Wednesday he's running and operating (laughs) timrungood.com. Do you think he would know
2: how to purchase a URL? No, no, not at all. (laughs) No, <laughs> no It's good, though. It's good for the brand as well. The Tim needs to be right every now and then. It's no fun if he just loses every single time. And I have to really thank him because, you know, it overlooks like how shitty our picks were because he gave out a winner on the show. That only helps us. And I guarantee you the ratings for this Travelers Championship show are much higher than they previously would have been if this had not happened.
3: Yeah, listen, we gave Cam Smith that was like in the range we played and that didn't work out, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm thrilled. You're you're right. He does have to be right once in a while. Although, as we joked about, and it was in everyone's mind, the, like, precipice of it flipping and being an under-10 winner of Ricky or Rory would have been equally, like, hilarious in the other spectrum. But this is good. This is great. I don't know. Happy for Tim. And you guys are in, like... I'm in the orbit with him via the show and the internet, and we're pals. but in your like actual like close knit group chat, like close personal friends that hang out, this will probably get exhausting quick. No
2: he'll try to bring it up and there's there's enough people around who just don't care that they can point <laughs> to other things. So there's that part of it. let's talk travelers championship though, uh, a tournament where we've been pretty successful. At. and as i mentioned that you know tim needs to hit one every now and then i feel like i need to hit one every now and then that would actually be nice at least for my bank account going forward so let's try to get one here we had dj here we had knox here uh, you hit Harris English here. I hit Bubba here. That that Bubba here was fantastic. He couldn't couldn't not win every time that I bet him. So let's try to get back on track. Going with some gut plays this time around, as Tim actually pointed out, and you can find in my column on fan or not Fantasy National on DKNation.com right now. It was just published. This is the second shortest course in the PGA Tour rotation behind Pebble Beach Golf Links, sixty eight hundred and fifty two yards. Pete Dye design, par seventy. Xander is the defending champion. The First, of back-to-back wins for Xander Shoffley, who won at the Scottish Open the following week. But he is not at the top of the odds. And good thing that Rory didn't win, because I think a lot of the talk would actually be about Xander Shoffley today. Uh, And it is just not. He wore his party time shirts, and maybe he went out and partied afterwards. Who knows? But Scheffler is again the betting favorite. He's seven. Rom's eight and a half. Rory's nine. Scheffler and sorry, Shoffley and Cantley are both twelve to one. Those are the big five in this tournament, and then it drops down to Hovland, Morikawa at twenty and twenty-two, Finau at twenty-five, Matt Fitzpatrick at twenty-eight to one, and then Tommy Fleetwood, the ungrateful. Tommy Fleetwood at 30 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. To throw this out here now in case people have tuned in just to see what the bets are. Right before we came on, I saw a boost on Tommy Fleetwood up to 40 to 1 at a place that is open, I hear, 365 days a year. And I bet Tommy Fleetwood at 40 to 1. And that's sort of me going with my gut. Like, if it wasn't Tommy Fleetwood and he wasn't a known gag artist, that we would just look at his results, how he's playing, and be like, he's about to win. <laughs>
3: I was in on the 35 so I'm obviously excited that the 40s show up um, the broadcast interview Tim is speaking of where he seemed ungrateful. I can't really speak of I didn't hear it or see it but I did wait, we see his more um, like post round media media scrum and he seemed incredibly grateful and he said he feels as good as he's ever felt in his professional golf career. So, you know, we almost pulled it off in Canada. Great little run here since we touched. Typical Tommy, though. I don't know that us, like, touching had anything to do with Tommy doing exactly what Tommy has always done, a.k.a. blowing a great chance to win and losing in a playoff and then, you know, starting his round in 100th place and finishing the tournament in 6th place. But, yeah, I'm in on Tommy. That's an easy one for me at the top of the board i don't know the weeks after a major they always seem scary for me the the very top pat and i don't know maybe we're due to like have everyone's chips taken because i feel like we're on a crazy run of not having like these super elites win at least to what we sort of got used to um for a bit so maybe they're gonna like pull the green double zero on the roulette this week but i'm still totally ready I'm still totally ready to fade them. Obviously, Victor, I think about lots. I would think and about Morikawa.
2: I I, Morikawa was the one for me. Just he's yeah. playing a lot better. He still can't putt to save a lick. Although he putted a little bit, but he generally does that in California. And when you go look at the things that he is still doing well, it's basically being putting it next to the pin from 175 and in. And that's all this course demands. It is the shot with like the fewest, besides Pebble Beach, the fewest amount of shots from beyond 175 yards.
3: Yeah, so as I was sort of finishing, I I'm always kind of interested in Hovland, and I don't really feel he contended, so I don't really feel like he's deep into it. we're still got our great vibes and he's making up and downs. But Morikawa struck me as a guy who I think could be a great course fit. Not always a great Morik. I'm not like a Morikawa guy, so this could be a spot I actually do jump on. Do I trust he makes enough putts here? It seems like you gotta make a lot of them. To win, but I like where that's going. Um, and yeah, I don't know anything like think 27, 28 to one maybe seems fair for uh, me to uh, probably try that.
2: You saw a 28 to one? I'm always seeing 22 to one right now.
3: Oh, those are all gone then. That'd be amazing. oh no,
2: I see a 27 right now. I'm looking at it. I might actually Yeah, I, I, I might have to be in it. That that was my like instinct, but I mean that's always my instinct, and that's usually wrong. So you know, it's tough to parse. And for I'm me not in
3: an way. instinct. I'm not a Morikawa instinct guy, but that was one of, and I really like Pat, and I kind of st- stress this before majors, and I think I'm really hot out of majors this year. Grillo and Fitz were out of majors. Mm-hmm. Okay, anything to like put a little air in my own tires. Okay, out of majors, I'm 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 a hunting out of major, out of majors. Um, and these ones don't really correlate to the previous ones, but of good players, the weeks before or after majors, like guys who are thirty to one and under. I really need some sort of motivation for good players in some ways. And more is like desperate to get off the win map. And I know it's an elevated event. So that's probably an old thinking that I should just drop entirely. Cause as you'd said, they're playing for 5 million, which was more than last week. So in talking through this, yeah, that's probably an archaic golf scheduling thought with weaker fields, um, out of majors. But now that they're super fields out of majors, maybe I need to like totally just, Erase that one from my notebook here. But Morikawa is the under 30-1 to 1 good player who, who caught my eye the most this morning.
2: Yeah, and that that lines up exactly with me. Looking at the modeling that I did on Fantasy National, a lot of this is on the research show from Sunday on Mayo Media Network, fantasynational.com slash Mayo, to get yourself that 20% off. I think if you get the monthly now or starting next week, uh, you'll get the, the last of the, the Open Championship to get in there with it. And it's all the good players that it will tell you. It's Cantlay, Scheffler, Fleetwood, Fowler, Clark, Rom Morikawa, Shoffley, Hideki, Hovland. Those are your top 10 in terms of the numbers that I went in. And the only reason that Morikawa is suppressed because uh, they have extra guys listed in this field, and actually I think it has 162 guys listed in the initial field that we're in. Obviously, there's only going to be 156. Yet somehow Colin Morikawa out of 156 players ranks 157th in putting from 10 to 15 feet. Not great.
3: Yeah, that's a problem. And again, you look at the putting stats, and I guess any week, the guy who wins usually puts great. But here it seems like the guys that win like have exceptional putting weeks, even for them. And to look at
2: it, here's, here's a nice juxtaposition between Rom and Morikawa, uh, who are back-to-back. And I'm just noticing the numbers stick out a lot. And Xander, weirdly, uh, is on this path right now, too. And it, it's just really strange. So an overall par-4 scoring over this time range. Uh, Xander is second in par 4 scoring. Rom is 4th in par 4 scoring. Morikawa is 73rd in par 4 scoring. And obviously, par 4 scoring at a par 70 is going to be absolutely huge when the par 3s are the really difficult ones. You tread your water on the par 3s, do your scoring on the short par 4s. But this week, there are eight Power fours that are between 400 and 450 yards. There are even some that are shorter than that. That is the key range for power fours this week. So, despite being 73rd in the power four scoring overall, Morikawa is eighth overall from 400 to 450 yards. Conversely, despite being second, Xander is 117th on those short power fours, and Rom is 57th. It's just you want them on the long par fours as of right now. Obviously, Xander won here last year, so he can definitely get it back dialed in. But it's just funny to see how well they're scoring on the really hard par fours, but not the really easy par fours where that's what actually what Morikow is doing.
3: I could be dead wrong, but anyone that has what happens to Xander in a major, the next week, I cannot bet at like 12 or 14 to one. Like I uh, if he wins that, then I'm like that shows a lot of um Moxy mental toughness and like easily to put it away and, and this is no joke field, so it'd be a great, great win and a great payday. But at that price off that weekend in like a high stress, long like major situation, like we all know the variables that go into that, like it's just like I can't even consider it. Let's move to 30
2: to 50 to 1 then, because this is where you have your US Open National Champion, Wyndham Clark. He is 35 to 1. The same as Max Homa. Cameron Young is actually 30 to 1. And I think he just got ejected from the Ryder Cup team until he starts doing anything. Fleetwood, 35 to 1 at DraftKings Sportsbook. Ditto with Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler and Jason Day and Hideki Matsuyama. Tom Kim, Sung Jay, Connors, Thigala are all forty five to one. And then you have. Lowry, Henley, Scott, all at fifty to one. Now I have bet at better numbers. Two of these guys, and you might be able to find those better numbers out there still. I think that they still exist. Whether you go somewhere else, whether you enhance them up, whatever it might be, I bet on Sahih, yeah, I bet I bet Thigala at sixty to one with the top five each way, and I bet Russell Henley at sixty-six to one with the top five each way. Okay.
3: I like I like both of those. Those are two names that I am swimming around. I'm also swimming around fifty to one Tom Kim's pat. Yeah. And did you was that like a good yeah or an eye roll like
2: No, no, no a good yeah. Well, I have to depend on like I I can't fit in Tom Kim if I bet Morikawa.
3: But maybe I just won't bet
2: Morikawa. Maybe I'll just roll with fleetwood and have that be like my top guy and then the rest are just guys I wanna see win.
3: Uh but I totally like this spot for Sahith. Do you remember Travelers would have been a five-star Cam Young spot for me when he used when it was that other guy? I've seen it as high as fifty this morning, Pat. But do you remember what happened to Sahith here last year? He should have won. Refresh my memory, because Xander did not. Didn't Xander just kind of blitz him?
2: No, Sahith had a one-stroke lead playing a seventy-second hole, bombed it middle of the fairway, and then he like thinned it into the bunker and made bogey, and he ended up losing by two to Xander.
3: Yeah, well, maybe I was at a cottage or something. I have no memory. Just remember Xander getting props at 22 to 1 and it being pretty popular, because that's the number of people would bet him at a major. Um, But I wasn't on it. Yeah, I I mean, with with Henley, I mean... I, I. It's been pointed out,
2: and I mean, I kind of pointed it out too, the last time we've had a West Coast U.S. Open, whoever the jabroni guy on the leaderboard is just wins the next week at the Travelers, albeit a little bit different because this is an elevated field. This field resembles more what we saw in 2020 when Dustin ended up outdueling Brendan Todd. I think Brendan Todd came like 11th or something like that when I think he shot 80 or something in the final round. It was just horrible for him. But that year, even with the superstar field that we had at TPC River Highlands, it was was Like superstars at the top and absolute jabronis at the top, so I maybe that can happen again, even though this
3: is an elevated event. Um, yeah, and I did find I don't know, this field seems pretty strong, but the elevated events have kind of been giving. You see, like Wyndham and and Kitty Yama, there's been some you know, Taylor at the wire and Phoenix, like, there's been some give. Well, I mean, I think that I think the out of the major allows um, for even more, maybe of an opportunity like Fitz was 30 colonial wasn't elevated, was it? No, colonial was not
2: elevated, but they but Scheffler and Spieth both decided to go play there. Spieth is not playing this week. The side of his chip in against Daniel Hauser in the playoff, the the club throw the big hip bump, and then I believe he went on to win the Open Championship against our poor Matt Kuchar. Just after that, is Patrick Cantley this uh, our
3: version of Matt Kuchar? I mean to me Cantley's ceiling always seemed kind of higher. Yeah, but but did, but but, 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 but to relative his peers, to yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Kuchar, but Kuchar his... felt like a guy who
2: would win majors at some point 13 years always. ago. Like compared and like, there were he...
3: times I was like 25 to 1 Ben. It's not like um yeah, there was a period where he was pretty short in them and a lot of times, penultimate group Sunday Masters, penultimate group Sunday U.S. Open, in the fairway with Spieth on at the Open. Um, yeah, maybe oh, Kucha contended in them more than than Cantley, but he's older. Like, oh. actually contended in them. Oh, sure.
2: And I think that Patrick Cantlay's the better player, just when you're assessing what they do well. But like you said, relative to the other players around him, it just wasn't as deep when Kucher was as good. And look, look at his big wins. Memorial and the Players' Championship. I can see Cantlay with a Players' Championship eventually. And he went bogey-bogey on 17-18 in the final round to come T-14. He almost just randomly had that backdoor top 10 again. And then you and would look at it next year and be like, man, Patrick Cantley is pretty good. He came top 10 at the U.S. Open. We almost got that.
3: Almost. We didn't. Almost. They played. Yeah, I don't. I don't. And maybe I over like gray. Maybe I graded on a curve because uh, maybe I didn't like take the totality because I, I was entertained yesterday. And maybe that was sort of where I gave you my eight uh, for this year's U.S. Open. But. I don't know. I'm just not as upset, I think, as like a lot of people.
2: No. I mean, if people are really that upset, maybe don't watch. Like if it's really, if it's viscerally making you angry to watch golf because you hate the course so much, maybe go do something else. Honestly. But people want to be upset. It doesn't matter what it is. People just want to be upset. And as we kind of pointed out on the Cut Sweat Show, like, did it seem like a good course for the US Open? Not really, because that's not, when you think about the US Open, you expect the toughest test in golf. And when it's not that, that's when people get all triggered about things. But I thought the course itself, like, as an advertisement for that course, I thought the course was really cool.
3: Yeah, and I mean, the course did look cool and probably, you know, be better suited for other events. But I don't know, I'm silly sympathetic to like the fine line and how difficult it is to walk that tightrope of being really hard but not unplayable and trying to make fans and players like satisfied. It's a very narrow landing strip. The USGA is set up for themselves for people to be happy. I I would say that
2: if they actually allowed people onto the course, which they don't seemingly want to do, that it'd be a sweet Ryder Cup spot.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. And that was another thing. The atmosphere just didn't feel, I mean, I get their reasons for it, but I don't know, didn't feel like felt empty at times, like really strange.
2: 50 to 100 on the betting board. As mentioned, I actually had previously bet Tim's one and done, so stay hot, Tim. Harris English, 75 to 1. I played that with five places as well. I also gave a look to Minwoo Lee at this price point, another guy who had a very good U.S. Open, and I gave a look to <laughs> Denny and Siwoo as well, but I settled on Thegala, Henley, and English as my three from in here.
3: Yeah, so of your Thegala, Henley, English, I lean, I like the gala the most um, I'm seeing some quite large numbers on Adam Scott so that can always be tempting for me and Siwoo I know you mentioned him as a pass but he looked like someone who to me could be a nice, a nice fit here but I'm more like stuck around that 50 because even I'm seeing you know you could enhance a Hideki to 50 which kind of has my attention I don't know that I'll have much in front of, like, 40 to 50 seems like my big go zone. Um, I'm going to pepper it pretty hard.
2: What if I told you that there was an enhancement right now of Ricky Fowler to 40 to 1?
3: I'm not picking on Ricky, but I'm not um, for it. Although I'd argue this should set up lovely for a player with his skill sets in com- with confidence. I'll if see- he still has it. See- I hope, I assume he has it. Someone just sent this to me. Kyle. Shout
2: out Kyle. I think I'm going to bet this because I bet this at, I forget what stupid tournament was. It's under extra. I still don't see it here. Players under par. So for this event, there is a bet right now. Will there be over 62 players under par for the Travelers Championship at plus 115? That feels like a really good bet. How many players at plus 115? 62. So the cut line here has been under par each of the past five years, at least minus one. So if that's the case, then you're going to win your bet. Yeah. If the cut line is minus one or lower, I guess, then you win. Let me go to Fantasy National here. See, the last time it wasn't. A- and guys can rally on the weekend, too, even if it's at even. It doesn't mean that they're stuck at even. Historic cut line. Minus one, minus one, minus three, minus one, minus one, plus one, even, minus one, even. So each of the past five years, it's been under par. I'm, I'm betting that hard. Anyway. Continue. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
3: No, I I mean I my mind doesn't even can't even quantify those props. What was your Henley number? Uh, let me pull it up. 66. Yeah.
2: Do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about the bombs, the the 100 to 1s?
3: I just played the the babies in there for the big numbers. I played uh the Aberg? Ed aberg at 150 for a little sprinkle and i played some of the Ekroat at 150 at 200 for a big sprinkle
2: yeah i I went to go play Ekroat at 250 to one i had it pulled up and i went to go hit submit bet it's like the odds have changed to 200 to one i was like ah shit you know i missed that was before i got there yeah Yeah. so so i i got the 200 as well with the five places it is now down to 125 on that site and then at DK, it is 90 to 1 at the moment. So from 250 to 90 to 1, everyone is literally on Austin Eckroat this week. So that, that's a miscut waiting to happen.
3: Yeah, and I don't um, – I mean, like I caught a huge out-of-the-gate number in Canada on Aberg, like 120. So I had a little fun with that. And then this, obviously, it'll probably stay pretty high. It's an elevated event – um he's gonna be like 22 to 1 at the john deere and that's when he'll have to make a decision because it's all fun and games at these numbers and people might be like feinberg like you probably harassed a lot of players at the canadian open like no that's not the case i harassed two players one was tommy fleetwood in like a friendly way and the other player you could say the only other player i asked for a picture with the whole week was uh, a bird and i could have gotten a picture with any of them outside of rory probably wasn't an opportunity for that um i was like dude i know i'm like grown man asking you for a picture but (laughs) you're gonna win three majors so i need a picture and that was early in the week and the picture didn't turn out good um maybe i'll send it to paul because it looked like i had like a stroke so then a few days later, I caught him around the clubhouse. I was like, listen, I'm so embarrassed. I have to bug you for another picture. But when you win those three majors, I told you you're going to win. I don't want to have a picture with you where it looks like I had a stroke. So I got another picture um, with Aberg. So I'm an Aberg guy. I mean, he made a sound. He makes a sound that I know it's the Canadian Open. There weren't a stars there, but I didn't hear the sound that he makes from anyone else. Okay creepy very
2: so 100 to 1 and beyond i mentioned Ekrote, who i bet i also bet shank at 200 to 1 i went back and i looked at like what a lot of these players have in common who have won at tpc river highlands over the years you have xander harris english dustin reevee Bubba Watson, Spieth, Russell Knox, and just a lot of the guys that have contended. Like Paul Casey has played really well here over the years. Brian Harmon has played really well here over the years. There's a few courses that I've isolated that have done really well. So Augusta being one of them. Obviously, Dustin and Bubba and Spieth all have victories here. Riviera is another one I would point to. Phoenix uh, is another one that I would point to with Xander and English and Bubba uh, and Paul Casey on top of that. And the Valspar, I think, is really the one that pops out. I was really kind of disappointed. That Sam Burns wasn't playing because I thought that Sam Burns would be a fantastic bet here. But I've seen Shank play really well at, you know, a lot of those courses, then really well at the Valspar, and, you know, last week he, he just didn't quite have it at the U.S. Open. We've seen him pop enough, uh, and he's 200-1. to 1. That, That's why I bring it up. So I've already bet on him. So now I'm in this weird predicament where I kind of agree with you on Morikawa, but there's just other guys in the 100-1 to 1 range that I like that I'm going to say, fuck it, not going to bet Morikawa. Maybe I'll bet two or three more of these guys at, like, 200-1 to because I love Aaron Rye and I love Justin Se
3: Okay. I could see that both are playing really well. And if you feel like it's time for a moment, uh, if you're inspired by Tim, um, I would say they're as primed as anybody at those numbers, like to have that, that moment, probably way more than the Aberg and and Ekro money that I, that I kind of tossed. But, um, so yeah, I like those. I don't mind those calls one bit. um, There is one other guy guy back here.
2: Well, there, there is one guy who he's 300 here at DraftKings. He's also 300. Starting to play like good golf again. Can't putt to save his life, but has played really well. Pete Dye courses in his career, and now the ball striking is back. The driving and the irons are both back. Do you know who that man is?
3: Did he miss the cut at the U.S. Open?
2: I don't know if he qualified for the U.S. Open. But let's okay, see. Okay, because
3: there's someone that missed the cut that I'll bring up next. So we're probably not talking about the same guy. I don't I don't know.
2: He was twenty seventh at Wells Fargo, nineteenth at the Byron Nelson, and then twelfth in Canada. It's the Gim Reaper.
3: He's back. Oh, your boy. It's your boy. male's boy. So instead of betting my um, guy
2: Morikawa for way less money, I can bet Sir Rai, Ekrote, <laughs> Gim, and Shank instead. And like that for half the money I would have to bet on Morikawa to make it make sense
3: yeah and not that Morikawa is going to save you if an elite like a like the very top wins anyway um but yeah I guess I mean you're liking those num like yeah like I said we've gotten some big numbers in these elevated events maybe that's just a thing and, and out it, of the majors And like, there's t- an angle to me that it can work for these guys who aren't the superstars
2: and the the one issue I have is even when this wasn't an elevated event and you go back and look at the winners Xander English Dustin Reevy, Watson Spieth Russell Knox I think Bubba was the year before that as well they've all been not like the favorite but like kind of the favorite like that's even Harris English the year that he won what was he like 45 to one
3: yeah 45 50 he was still yeah like, Reavy was, was,
2: was super short the year that he won. That's why no one bet him.
3: Um. Yeah, no, there's a case that you're going... I mean, listen, you've gone this sort of back and forth a bit all year where you, I remember early in the year, like, screw it. I'm just going to, like, stick with the good players. I'm done just, like, having these bomb-filled cards. But now you want to tilt it back. Like, I... I don't think it's a true, golf betting is a mind fuck. You got to choose your own adventure, man. <laughs> like, let's I, see. I, 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 I don't have the mean? prudent advice um, for you. Usually my betting cards are uh, indicative of me thinking the good players are just going to win. Um, shez was, used-
2: shez was 55 to one the year that he wants. So that's the longest winner that we've had. Cause I, I vividly remember Russell Knox being 40 to one. Remember that. Like it was yesterday.
3: Dustin Seb was du,
2: Dustin been, was, Dustin was 25 to 1 when he won for us. Here. Yeah, it
3: was even how I was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. The best.
2: So you you like Seb Straka, do you?
3: Well, I mean, he's was sort of coming around. I don't know if maybe this course is is hard enough for him, but it was like that 7th at the PGA, 29th at the Schwab, and then that... Nice memorial, all like the things that he does well. We start, we're starting to um really sort of happen. they missed the cut, and you sort of mentioned when Morikawa's a lot of long irons are are asked for here.
2: No, a lot of short irons are asked for here.
3: All right. So fuck Seb Straka.
2: There we go. The the best players, if, even if we sort of, like, let's go last 12 to see who, like, the best, like, wedge players are. Uh, 125 to 150, Rom Kitayama, Sheffler, Gim, and Hollywood Hoagie, along with Justin Suh. Russell Henley is up there as well, and C.T. Pan. And, you know who actually rates out really well this week? De- Detri.
3: Okay. What's he, 150 maybe?
2: Right, 3,000 to 1 or something like that. He's not going to win, but, you know, he... The numbers say he looks good. Um, guys even closer than that, Morikawa, Kazire, Spawn, Eric Cole. Eric Cole, if he had made a little bit of a run, he would have qualified as, like, loser who's on U.S. Open leaderboard. But he faltered a little bit when it came down to Sunday. So he's up there. And then the key proximity range, it's Rye, Knox, Ben Martin, Shank, Billy Horschel, Hovland, Brandon Wu, Carson Young, John Rom are the names that pop up. And your boy, Seb Straka.
3: Well, that's an interesting mix of uh, of players there. Yeah, it really is. So I'm just trying to figure, like,
2: when I did like, when I sorted it, and I have this in the research show, I kind of have, like, who are the, the best at, like, kind of all three of them, or two of the three of them. And then it's, like, Xander, Rom, Morikawa. Aaron Rye is really high up on the list. So is Ben Martin, weirdly enough. And Jim Herman. Apparently he's in this field. But I Lord knows the last time he played.
3: I saw him in Canada during a pre like just walk through a practice round um
2: he was there he missed the cut yeah all right you want to get to the one and nuns yeah we can do that all right so one and done picks for the travelers championship tim has already selected harris english trying to go back to back on the one and duns i'm taking tommy fleetwood because i have not used him and you have which means that the board is open to you for a selection sir Morikawa. Are you sure you haven't used him? Rarely bet him.
3: So that would have been a
2: You used him in Phoenix this year.
3: Oh, what a loser. Zero dollars. Probably played horrible. Yeah. Probably played horrible. Forgettable. Regrettable.
2: You you still have to make a
3: pick. (laughs) Yeah, now we're going into like weird territory then um Damn. Well, the race for the Wyndham is over. I guess give me Tom Kim.
2: Tom Kim was used at the Byron Nelson for $45,000 by you. Sahith. Sahith is good. The Gala for the one and end so my betting card and this is probably what it's going to be structured like the highest guy i have up is fleetwood at 40 to one after that i have henley the gala and harris english 60 66 and 75 uh, all with top five each ways i want shank at 200 to one Ekrote at 200 to one and i'll probably end up adding sun rise bombs along with gim at 300 to one just to, to backfill the end of that card just i want to root for these guys all weekend and they're Super silly long odds with so many good players in this field. So, again, as we say every week, when Scotty or Ron win by 10 strokes, you're going to get the board wiped on you. But, hey, that happens every week, so you might as well go with the guys that you want to bet.
3: Well said. Um, I'm in on that Tommy, on that enhanced number at 40. still staring at Morikawa, but I bet Tom Kim 55, and I'm staring at Hideki and Sahith. Now that I use Sahith as my um as my one and done, I throw that on there sixty five to one here.
2: Let's do it, Jeff Feinberg. Follow him on Twitter at gfeinberg seventeen. I'll be back tomorrow with the degenerate. 57, or sorry, 75. I'm, like, number dyslexic, apparently. Uh, 75, so James is joining me to talk about showdown and just getting into the industry and shoot the shit about golf a little bit. I'll be back with Tambo on Wednesday, and then Jake Seely on Thursday. So a full week of the Pat Mayo experience coming at you. Congratulations to everyone out there, Cust included, but all of you who hit on Wyndham Clark. Shout out to Neil, who won the $500 giveaway, and that'll do it for us. Smash a like on the way out. I...